Walpin Web no, no, no. <laughs> no it's Web Snappers. Oh. It's Cape Crisis. No way that was better than Hoobalamas. Well, I liked that one because it's from Spider Island. It was one of my nice. favorite jokes in that. So, hey, everybody. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the special year end Cape Crisis 2012. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. It's just the only thing I had on my Sexy board. Spider-Man has entered the building. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hey, boys. Jiggle. Oh, uh. uh. uh, Dr. Octopus, what are you doing with Spider-Man's body? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know yet, do we? Um, um, yeah, actually, <laughs> when this episode comes out, we will know, mm. but we won't. Because it's... Well, if the issue would just come out this day anyway, like, I wouldn't spoil it in the episode. Got but, it. Uh, but here's hoping we're just not all dead at the anyway. We're recording. We're recording this in advance because we're all going to be away yep. for the ho ho holiday homicide. Because you hate that now, ho ho holidays. Mm. But yeah, this is ahead of the end of the world as well. Mm-hmm. As seen. Oh, uh, but anyway, I'll explain the end of the world in a little bit. But first up, uh, I'm the host Henry Gilbert. H E N E R E Y G on Twitter. <laughs> Um, uh, and I'm here with the regular co-host Chris, Chris Antista, Antista on Twitter. Hey. Eat it with your eyes and follow button. And uh, fellow friend Dave Rudden. What an intro, Dave Rudden on Twitter. Dave Rudden. Dave Rudden. That's a good one. I am so happy to look. The end of the world shit was so cute. Uh-huh. When ah, you've been saying this for years, you fucking idiots. From idiots to Nostradamus, <laughs> you guys have been proclaiming this is going to happen for years, and it hasn't. And like that's like the last date. Fuck, maybe January first, yeah. and it's like, yeah, no more cuteness. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, well, yeah, once the once it's the twenty third, or even Christmas Eve, like once it's Christmas almost, Eve, and you're like, that's it. I almost Sorry. hope the apocalypse happens because man, I need a break. I, I bet I wouldn't <laughs> have to go into work for a little while. Yeah. Uh, well, I uh, I looked into this. One of the first time I had ever heard of the Mayan end of the year, or end of the world thing mm-hmm. of December 22nd or 21st. I forget which it's supposed to be. 21st. Uh, 21st. It was in The Invisibles, a comic I really enjoyed from the 90s, written by Grant Morrison and drawn by a ton of dudes. And uh, I guess it's semi-spoilery, <laughs> but uh, it's the end of the world in 2012 is there. Like, it happens in the book. And so it's pretty amazing when it happens, and it has been something I've been thinking about since like 2000 when I when I first read it. Mm. And I don't know, I've I've just been thinking about that date all this time since. Though I then looked up what Grant Morrison, if he'd ever commented on it since he you know said it that it, this that would be the end of the world, and his response to that was like. Well, that's how I felt in a comic book I wrote in the 90s. And this was just the 90s idea of the future. Like, nothing's going to happen. He doesn't think anything's going to happen. He thinks people just want to think about the end of the world because they'd rather do that than mm-hmm. conceive and build a future. Like, an actual future. Like, because that's a lot harder. Just thinking, like, oh, the world's going to end. So who cares? Yeah, yeah. heaven, right? Who cares? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, I hit, I, hit, <laughs> I hit the laptop accidentally, and then I felt I should hit it on purpose. No, no, it's very authoritative. I'm scared now. <laughs> I wield to your authority. <laughs> yeah, when I slap it with my limp-wristed I yield to, <laughs> I wield to your authority. Uh, what's, what are we talking about this episode? Well, we're talking about just uh, the, the best comic booky stuff of the entire year of 2012, mm-hmm. which... Uh, we kind of talked about all year since we started Cape Crisis in, I think, February it was, mm-hmm. mid-February. So we've, we've been kind of covering it all year, but now I wanted to mostly focus on the best stuff. There's going to be a couple negative things in here, too. But uh, 
the first thing I wanted to say, like, so I was talking about it, the Invisibles Mega Collection. It's mm-hmm. every single issue of the Invisibles, like, for 100 bucks. Really great. Like, yeah, I'm a big it, fan. It is almost unreadable because it's such a giant, unwieldy book. But, uh, mm. man, it looks good on my shelf. Uh, it looks really good. But anyway, but also, uh, so let's talk about some of the big events in comics this year. First, mm-hmm. there was Marvel Now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. So, well, that started with Avengers vs. X Men, which mm-hmm. I think was a big crossover we all got into, right? Yeah, I was reading it. I was, or Dave, Dave just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. More it, like Marvel No. No, it was, it was fun. I, just, I, haven't, I haven't read a, a current comic event mm-hmm. in a long time. No, me neither. And it, in some ways, it lacked weight having to experience that over the period of a couple of weeks. At mm-hmm. least they came out fairly consistently. Yeah. That but, was the smartest thing they did. That was the every two weeks kind mm-hmm. of thing. It was a very smart move. That, that was fun. It just it did lack the, the weight of the other stuff. Just no, especially once in the middle of it they announced Marvel now. Like so, yeah. whatever happens here is. But I mean, that's kind of the problem with all with all mega crossovers whose last issue changes the status quo. The status quo has to be announced three months yes. ahead of time because yeah. of the printing schedules. Yeah. Like this. that's the same thing that happened. The year before with Flashpoint, we and worked in game magazines before. How come comics don't like leak altogether? <laughs> well, oh. they kind of did. Actually, the the week we're recording this, Amazing Spider-Man seven hundred has leaked. Mm. Like, or some guys le- leaked the last three pages and mm. said what happens in it. Though other people are saying that he's editing around it quite a lot and uh, cutting around it, and not telling the whole story. But I don't know. Someone's going on the naughty list. Yeah, yeah. Well, then there was somebody else who like even sold it, tried to sell, <gasps> sell it on eBay. What? And then Marvel shut it down. So. Good. But does Disney own eBay yet? Not yet. Just checking. Just checking. I'm from the future. It'll be. Might be a year or two. Uh, yeah, Avengers vs. X Men was the first one I also ex- like experienced digitally every mm-hmm. two weeks. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so, and that was a big deal with like Marvel Infinite. Like, mm-hmm. I really like that initiative. Mm-hmm. I guess you'd call it. I thought it was going to be a bigger initiative. Yeah, they only did it with about five, three, three or four backup very, stories. Very inconsistently but, and sort of out of nowhere. But there's um, one of those infinites, not the beginning one with um, Nova, mm-hmm. but the, I think it's one that tells three different sides of a story with uh, oh, do you Thor. Mean, okay, in a way, do you mean the one where uh, Tony is yes. seeing what would happen if they fought the Phoenix Force? Yes, yeah. and like that was fantastic. That was like the perfect use of the format, and it didn't mm-hmm. disrupt any continuity. There's an Ultimate Spider-Man one that's just adorable. Adorable. And like the perfect video game. Did you not read the Ultimate Spider-Man Infinite comic? No, I did not. Oh, it's great. Like just a ship lands on Earth and Spider-Man gets sucked into it and has to fight things from his past and being on every level. I'm going to try and make this not sound stupid, but it just it turns out it turns out that like aliens sent it down to test blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But it's really it really cute. Every time Spider-Man thinks of something, they show like this tiny little um Precious moment, Spider-Man with like a, a deer hunter <laughs> hat yeah. and like cute stuff, like stuff I That's see in funny. Deadpool quite a bit, but like, like done with Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, really fun. And it just seemed to me like if I'm fighting through 99 levels of mm-hmm. my past uh, to as a test, like if it wasn't just a one-shot Infinite Line, it's like the perfect Spider-Man video game. That would be pretty cool. Literally 99 levels of a spaceship. You know, it's funny uh, that you mentioned having to describe something. I felt that when I had to... like. So I tweeted when the amazing the Doc Ock brain switch uh, appeared. And I didn't... I, the second I read the issue, I tweeted about it. But I didn't say what happens. But I said, oh, what a 
wow, they really did some crazy shit in Spider-Man. I can't believe what's going to happen next. And then, so then when uh, Chris Hoffman, this uh, former writer for Nintendo Power, mm-hmm. he asked Current me. Current writer like, of former Nintendo Power. <laughs> yes. He asked me in person, like, oh, I read what happened in Spider-Man. And then I was like, well. <laughs> and then like five words into I'm like, this is going to sound really stupid when I describe it, but Dr. Octopus switched brains with Spider-Man and now controls Spider-Man. I love, the, I love how they actually ended up explaining that and like, that's totally acceptable. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I think. I, again, this is I'm saying this without reading mm-hmm. issue 700. I didn't read the spoilers online, but mm-hmm. the way they talked about how the brain switch worked, like mm-hmm. it wasn't the golden robot. Just I think it didn't transfer brain waves. It just mm-hmm. makes Peter Parker think he's Doc Ock and makes Doc Ock thinks he's Peter Parker. Mm. But their brains are still in the same place. So. I just think eventually Peter Parker is going to be to that brainwashing. He's like, oh, no, wait. I'm not Dr. Octopus anymore. That works way better than my Triskelion server update that will eventually happen. Well, if you get it too complicated, like that was one of the stupid... I was wondering if they were going to dig this up in the Clone Saga years. They had a very stupid storyline with the Doc Ock where they introduced the new Doc Ock, Mm -hmm. who was a woman who had... uh, She had the robo-arms, too. But she, it was written by somebody who was very in love with the internet, where her, <laughs> the Doc Ock had the power of the internet on her side. <laughs> what? And was going to make the internet virtual reality the real world and have it take over. And Doc Ock's brain existed on the internet love in that. 1995. Every, every superhero arrives on the scene and yells first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, that's, that's what happens when I think you have these sci-fi writer like... Comic book, especially the DC side of thing, comic books stem from sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So you have these writers reading about, you know, speculative science fiction, all this cutting edge kind of science fiction. And so they just take a guess at it. And sometimes, even like five years later, it looks ridiculous. Like, yeah. that's impossible. But everybody was very impressed by the internet when it first came out. <laughs> Remember? No. But this storyline with Doc Ock and Spider-Man doesn't sound so much sci-fi as it sounds like 80s movies. Yes, it does. Yeah. In practice, it's a good... It's, yeah. it's been an entertaining They story just have so to far. touch the same skull at the same time, <laughs> exactly. and then their brains will be back in the right yes, place. The bowling ball will fall off the shelf while Spider-Man's packing for Christmas. <laughs> well, brain and, switching... Yeah, I was going to say coconut. Coconut, coconut hit him on the head. head yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, I guess that's another one, uh, the end of uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, cha- it's the last. There's only two comics Marvel is printing or pub- is putting on sale on the 26th, mm-hmm. and that's Amazing Spider-Man 700 and the epilogue to that, Avenging Spider-Man 15.1, which is uh, it's weird. It's not confusing thing. at all. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, hey. Isn't it annoying when your comic comes in a fraction? Like, is this mm-hmm. it, is it a, is it still a full issue? Always, is it, yeah. Well, these point one issues have been a weird initiative by Marvel, where you know we've had zero issues, we have negative one issues, and then they kept wanting to do these. Like, they want to have jumping on points for readers and make it very clear this is a new jumping on point yeah. for you guys. Mm-hmm. So, but they want to do that without just renumbering the thing at number one again. So instead, they make it point one mm-hmm. instead of. Going to 16, they just do 15.1. That's also, there's a Spider-Man 699.1. Oh, no. Which is very, <laughs> which really is just the pilot episode for Mobius's new uh, comic, or comic series. But the Spider-Man change also goes into Marvel now. 
and uh, how I've been enjoying I've been really enjoying it so far, though. When Marvel Now started, it ended all these like long-running storylines, like it was the end of Hickman's run on Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. the end of Brubaker's run on Cap, and the end of Fra- Matt Fraction's run on Iron Man. And it was cool to, that they all got to do like farewells. I really yeah, liked that. that. Not many people get to do like real finales, and they got to, all three of them. Did. They weren't really going anywhere; they were just cycling around talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, Brubaker did just quit; like mm-hmm. he, he just left. Other than EB, yeah, which also leads to another of my favorite things mm-hmm. this year: Fatal. Have you guys read that yet? No, I have the first issue. It's Fatal is really great. You should read that. Is that too. Brian Vaughn? Uh, what? Who's who does Fatal? No, it's Ed Brubaker. Brubaker. That's why I, was, I was thinking saga. Right? I have yeah, that in saga image. sitting there. Yeah, yeah. no, it, image well, yeah. folder. As as I mentioned before on this podcast, Image more and more is becoming the home for independent comics because the creators actually get to own their stuff. You know, but first you got to make a name for yourself. Yeah, you do. You can't. Yeah, you don't have to be the most famous writer around. Like the guy who did the Luther Strode book, like he wasn't a name, and like mm-hmm. John Hickman, Jonathan Hickman got his start at Image, so. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be famous to to get the, but it helps. But it should help. But yeah, I mean, image. You know, image makes their money. Like they get they get paid like all these big selling books. But the when they get turned into t shirts and movies and all that shit, the people get a lot more of the money. Yeah. So Fatal. Yeah. Fatale, it's just awesome. <laughs> oh, what Fatal? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. No, Fatal's great. It's um, it's one. It was one of my favorite new books I read this year. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, Brubaker has like more and more. If you read his book Criminal or Incognito, I think you read those, Chris, right? Uh, One or two of them. Uh, <laughs> like that was his work with Sean Phillips, who's mm-hmm. a great, great artist. And Sean Phillips did Marvel Zombies, mm-hmm. uh, at least the original first two collections. But anyway, yeah, like Brubaker had been more and more getting away from superheroes and more into like noir, but also like pulp, like mm-hmm. pulp sci-fi of the fifties. The kind of intersects with noir yeah and so that's what fatal is all about it's sort of about cthulhu it's about uh femme fatales and dangerous women and and uh hard living hard-boiled dudes yeah. shooting people in the face oh, yeah. it's it's great it's great and it also really a trope brubaker's been doing that i'm not like i'm almost getting tired of is that he splits his narratives he's like here's now Here's 50 years ago. Mm. And they just always take place in the same story. It's In the last five years of his work, it's hard to find a story that doesn't do that. Hmm. Like, doesn't split the timeline. But well, he it, was working on Captain America for a long I time. I know. Well, I, I think he's drawn to stories that let mm. him do that, really. Probably because he wants to keep one foot in the past. Yeah, he likes the past. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a funny... I, I really liked this uh, thing about Brubaker in the... Uh, opening to the scene of the crime collection I just read, it was like this intro by Brian Michael Bendis talking about how much he respects Brubaker. And then he says that like one of the coolest things he said about him was, with almost every writer, you can hear their voice in the characters they write. He says that Brubaker, you don't. Like, Brubaker doesn't write his voice into the comics. And he says, like, the Brubaker he knows is a guy who once jumped off Xbox Live because he saw a bug. <laughs> He's not uh, any of the characters in those oh, in his books. It's interesting. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been controlling the conversation. Well, I want to ask, ask you about. Unfortunately, my my introduction to um, DC's New Fifty Two uh-huh. 
came a lot through this this show. Yeah. And so for me, 2012 is the year it happened. When of course it wasn't. It was last year. It started it was, it was, in 2011, but it really I started at the end of 2011. But like uh, it, it really started kicking in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, yeah, I wanted to see if you could if if you could if there was any milestone there you could pinpoint. Oh no, there definitely were. I wrote I wrote a few down. First off, with the I could say Rot World. Rot World, World, Rot World, kicking mm-hmm. off the red and the green, Animal Man and uh, Swamp oh, Thing. That, if you've been yeah. reading them together, um, which I have been, and because I I really enjoyed those two reboots, actually not knowing they were leading to something, I just happened to have them recommended to me and picked them up. Yeah, I didn't and, realize they were going in the same direction mm-hmm. either, and I I read so many Swamp Thing reboots that I was afraid to go back to it, so I didn't give that a try. Mm-hmm. But I did really like Animal Man quite a lot. It was it was weird just in general to see them just finally like. Animal Man and Swamp Thing and tried to have been approached in the DC universe for so long yeah. because basically in the early 90s and late 80s they were, per, for lack of a better word, perfected or mm-hmm. or they had runs that couldn't be beat. Like mm-hmm. nobody was going to beat Alan Moore's run on on, on Swamp. Swamp Thing or, or Grant Morrison's run on Animal Man. But I think now there's enough history between them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, and I love that quote you read last time, hmm. like Grant Morrison, about what a bitter old turd he thinks <laughs> Al Moore is, is yeah. which is, you know, he isn't wrong. He's right. Yes. He is, in fact, right. Um, but I also liked, uh, here was something else I liked about DC. So when they hit the year mark on mm-hmm. there, on, on the new universe, then they did a bunch of zero issues, yes. which, like, explained background, like, finally... Like, the whole point of all those number ones where they just threw you into a situation and, mm-hmm. like, didn't give you many details. They didn't tell yeah, you how Batwoman's would... bat, Batgirl's bat was back was fixed mm-hmm. or why Superman wasn't dating not, Lois Lane like anymore. What? Yeah, that it, that I, I it wanted to surprise I, people. Like, I, I thought for, from here on out I can skip issue zero. Yeah. And then the, the, a lot of the new 52 just started up like, bam! Yeah, but they wanted that immediacy. They yeah, otherwise, every issue number one would have been like, and here's their origin story. The Action Comics kind of was that. Which it's true, but you know, I don't need all their origin stories. But no, like, no. Uh, some some of the those issues. Think of the Superman one in particular, which is like very heavy on the Kryptonian speak. And oh, did you, okay. Wait, do you mean Action Comics? Or do you mean Superman? I think Superman. See that I skipped Superman. Like Action Comics was. Uh, very quickly, I realized Action Comics, written by Grant Morrison, mm-hmm. that was the real Superman book. Oh. And the other Superman book was just following Grant Morrison's orders. And Grant Morrison had the right to write whatever he wanted, mm-hmm. and no matter how it would fuck over or could fuck over the other book. You would think if you write Superman, you're the highest paid writer in the comics industry, but I bet well, that's not true. For the longest time, they never wanted the writer to be the star on Superman. They yeah. wanted they wanted Superman to be the star. I think what can you? You can make it Superman interesting and compelling in the modern age. Then well, you're I a did. Star, baby. Grant Morrison had a. You're new... a star. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't follow through all the way with it mm-hmm. in uh, in Action Comics, but I did like Grant Morrison at the start. Had Superman be? He just fought for the little guy. Mm-hmm. Like he just he bullied rich people and he just protected people, and it was just a neat. He wasn't as. Uh, Establishment, mm-hmm. like that's what I really like. Superman is just so always so establishment, or just like saying, "Well, hey, this guy does own a business. Let's mm-hmm. give him a chance, people. <laughs> Let's hear him out first before yeah. we before we arrest him." Yeah, that, that also has Superman quit the Daily Planet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he had this cool scene where he said, like, he thought he'd become a writer because a, a, a reporter to write the write the wrongs of the world, and instead 
journalism is dying in front of his eyes. And so he's going to leave. I wanted him to make some joke about print. Um, <laughs> well, no, it was it was about print dying. Like, mm-hmm. basically, have you, have you read the – I read the page from – I didn't read the issue, no, but no, no. I read a few pages when he quits. And he's, he's basically just saying everything everyone says about newspapers now just yeah. – like he says, why are we writing about Lindsay Lohan? Why are we writing about all this shit? Like, we shouldn't give people what they want to see. They should. We should be giving them what they need to know. Yeah. And then they said, well, because that doesn't sell papers, Clark. And we <laughs> are in a desperate world, desperate need to sell papers. The Daily so, Planet has become Craigslist, the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I read that. so <laughs> instead, now Superman is going to start a blog. I think. So <laughs> what is he going to? Or also, he could just go like. Fuck, I don't need to be... Do I, did I ever need to be Clark Kent? Mm-hmm. Fuck it. I'm just Superman. Like, so he quit the blog. I, I don't know. I haven't... That's why the non-Grant Morrison yeah. Superman isn't worth reading as much. Mm-hmm. Though Batman, the Scott Snyder specifically written Batman, mm-hmm. has been really good. Like he had the epic Night of the Owl storyline. Yes, yes. And I was going to see if you had checked out any of the Death of the Family. I, I've read um, the Batman issues, mm-hmm. the first couple of them, the, where the Joker returns with his stapled on face i love that and uh i really like that he's he's implying but hasn't proven that he knows who batman is like Mm -hmm. he knows all their secret identities and batman's like no you're just trying to spook us but he did kidnap alfred and Mm -hmm. like then batman goes back to this point where uh i got why i I just like the idea that the joker always knew who they were he just didn't care Now's the first time he cares to say, yeah, I know who you guys are. Bruce Wayne and Batman are totally the same. <laughs> <laughs> They're totally the same. Uh, that was a good rap. Uh, uh, good rap. Also, DC had the, um, this year there was Alan Scott becoming gay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Green Lanterns. <laughs> Yay. Well, no. I have to admit I haven't been keeping up with it. Uh, but, uh, homophobia. Yeah. Uh, everywhere. <laughs> Uh, I think Earth Two's only up to a few issues. It was a mm-hmm. was a cool start, I think. But uh, eh, whatever. Have you have you checked out much of the Green Lantern uh, since the New Fifty Two started? Mm, you know, I read the first couple issues with Sinestro in it, and mm-hmm. now it's even weirder that like they replaced him with the uh, Muslim American Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. But Hal Jordan and and Sinestro just kind of stuck in the Dark World or whatever, presumed dead. It's just very strange. D- Green Lantern's in a weird place. No, we'll say, I'm having a lot of fun with the Flash. I will pick up some more of those. Yeah, Flash is a lot of fun. I, more more fun than I've ever had in my entire <laughs> literally in my entire life. Like I've and, had some really good times with the Flash. Yeah, I just I'm not as familiar with him. He always seems silly. And the more you, they talked about the Speed Force, the more uh, I went, okay, okay. He, this is how they describe the fast guy. But this makes sense. This is a, <laughs> a lovely little depiction of what yeah. makes a man fast and what a fast <laughs> man can do when he applies. The speed to his brain. It's true. So mm-hmm. I, I loved Aquaman. Like Aquaman. Oh yeah. See, I'm not the strongest of the DC books. Is it really? Opinion. Yeah, because it's having fun. Like I feel like too many of them get too serious. Well, actually, no. Batman's the best, mm-hmm. but too many of them tried to act too grown up by having like too much blood, too mm-hmm. much death, too too much all this stuff. And and while like there's definitely violence going on in Aquaman, like it's fun too. Mm-hmm. Like it's lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And Aquaman, like, they, have, they make fun of Aquaman. Aquaman is a badass in the book, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even, like, it does hurt his feelings that <laughs> nobody likes him. But he also just goes, well, I don't care if people think I'm a joke. I'm actually awesome. And 
He does awesome things, but people are only starting to recognize, like, oh, you you aren't a joke. You're you're cool. Okay, all right. And it, but there's this really good one where like he gets stuck in the desert and is almost going to like <laughs> die. And it's a really like you Finds know a Dr Pepper machine. <laughs> well, it's just a really tense story. Mm. And then it ends with him being saved. And then like the news reporters are having a having a great laugh at it, like. Aquaman dead because he didn't have a glass of water. Ha ha ha! Like they, what the hell it happened to any uh, human? They Jesus. were just. It was fun to. Uh, it was. It was just a cool. Uh, uh, Jeff Johns really had a good idea for him. I just hope that whenever Jeff Johns leaves Aquaman and stops writing him, or when a crappy artist mm-hmm. is working on his book, that Aquaman can still shine through as a good character even without the t- tippity top talent mm. on it. Uh, and then. One last bit on the superhero side of things I want to talk about is Hawkeye. Oh. Hawkeye, oh, I yes. think, was my favorite yeah. comic, uh, monthly comic I read this year. What happens to that in the Marvel Now universe? Uh, it's technically, it's getting grandfathered into Marvel Now. Yeah, it's it, basically it, it, it being... It can totally exist, it seems to me. Yeah, and they they basically, it was a Marvel Now book that came out three months before Marvel yeah. Now. Like, that's what it is. But, Unless they want to get rid of... Uh, the hawk girl, Hawkeye girl. Uh, the other hawk. No way, she's cool. I, I, I don't know if they're gonna do something with her in the other continuity. Or I didn't like her that much at first when she first appeared outside of the Hawkeye book, mm-hmm. but I've come to really like her as like this weird foil slash possible love interest mm-hmm. for him. Like she's really cool, and it's just such a great book. Like the storytelling is is so different from anything you see in normal like comics, which is. Just the kind of offbeat thing that Hawkeye needs to be an interesting is Hawkeye, book. Is know? Hawkeye Bone more than any other well, superhero in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> I mean, he gets around. He's definitely slutty. Like, that's for sure. Like, he's he's been with like a lot of Most of those issues, he, sl- he sleeps with somebody. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he just enjoys that. And maybe. I don't see a lot of other heroes doing that. <laughs> yeah, because they're not as sexually free as him. Like, they're, <laughs> like, he knows how to enjoy his job. I loved in the, like, part in issue four, it was the first non-single issue story it was part one and where he like it was just this funny thing where he goes to mandapur on like a secret mm-hmm. agent mission immediately gets robbed like he like and then like then he's like well i have to find out about mandapur and i don't have any money i'll just drive around in this taxi cab and pretend to be a cab driver i'm sure i'll find stuff out and then he, all the cab drivers befriend him and then tell him where the secret gov- the secret government hideout is. It's a really funny book. I like it's all leading book. up to a Homeland Crawl. Right? <laughs> well, apparently he's Sorry, like on... Show last night. It was a neat story where he's like on video killing yes. Osama bin Laden, which is or the equivalent <laughs> of, they don't say it's him, but. it. Sounds way more interesting than being the most boring Avenger. Yeah, I know. That's it's. That's why I think they went to a challenge. They've been doing that for a while, like, I think. So. I, I just, let's take the biggest loser and make him the coolest guy. Harkening back, he accidentally gets resurrected after House of M, and then mm-hmm. goes off and. You know, well, then they made a him a way. ninja and a really. Weird... But he went over and slept with the uh, Scarlet Witch in exile. Yeah, like just, <laughs> but totally not saying anything. Like, yeah, I know you are. And, yeah. But maybe she knew. I can't remember. Well, and he also had sex with. Uh, well, he's been with. Well, Mo- Since then, he's been with Mockingbird. He's been with Spider Woman. Check. Like, yeah. Oh, Spider Woman. <laughs> <laughs> she is too much. Like, there's sometimes I look at how she's drawn. I'm like, dude, man, they. This is even too. It's much not a. Why not? Like, I like it. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? 
I'm the one buying the comics. <laughs> I guess so. But. Did you like that one Catwoman where her butt and boobs are in the same image? Yeah, I, no, I do like that. <laughs> I do like that. That can't happen in real life. Yeah. Especially not with boobs that size. They usually don't uh, hang so high, if you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, yeah, it's also... Yeah, how could Catwoman even... Yeah, you I love couldn't, Catwoman. Couldn't jog down the stairs without knocking yourself yeah. out. <laughs> That's why I liked the butcher, maybe mm-hmm. even more lesbian-y Catwoman that appeared in the Brubaker's Catwoman run. Like, I really like that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. When we get back on the other side, talk of some things we didn't like, mature comics, and comic book movies? What? This show? Yeah. Shut <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis, this is the break here. I want to just thank you for the whole year, thanks for listening to my little comic book podcast that could and kind of does, <laughs> and just thanks through all the, you know, there's a couple times we missed coming out a week just due to whatever, and I, I appreciate all you guys who stuck with us through all this. So, uh, you know, if you'd like to show your appreciation for for us... Just go to lasertimepodcast.com, and there's so many ways you can help keep the show going. There's a donate button on the left-hand side. lets you do a PayPal donation to the site. There's the uh, t-shirt store. You can buy t-shirts for the Laser Time Podcast. And if you'd like to uh, spend a very little extra, there are links on the right-hand side to Amazon. On there, you can buy multiple things. Whatever you buy, a little of that comes to us. So whatever you click on through that link, just buy whatever you do through that link, and then little money comes to us. We really appreciate it. Also, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Zoom, please, 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 if you haven't yet, please give us a review. Give us a five-star rating. Really helps our rankings. Really helps us like find new audiences and get out there more. So please do that. Thank you very much. Uh, then also, now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. As I reveal later in the podcast, Fatal is my favorite book of the year. Volume 2 is coming out in early next year. Volume 1 is out right now in, in trade. Only I think it's under $10 on Amazon, so do pick it up. I think you'll really enjoy it, and it's just the first part of an ongoing series. It's not just a mini-series. And you'll find a link to that on the page for this episode either on capecrisis.com or lasertimepodcast.com. So please check that out. And now, back to the rest of the year-end extravaganza. Avengers Assemble! Apparently they create like this orc that's chasing down the. It's also just God. There's too many fucking. You were the first person I heard to raise that criticism. I'm like, yeah, there's always been twelve dwarves. Yeah, like, no, and that's filmed, too many it, characters. That's bad writing. It does not. They can't distinguish them enough. And any <laughs> second you give to distinguishing them is a waste of fucking time. Yeah, everybody's time. I remember when I read the book. Like, yeah, there are dwarves around Gandalf and 
Gandalf and Bilbo are the only two I care about. Mm-hmm. Like these are the two interesting characters. This is why it's cool when Bilbo gets away from those dumb dwarves and just does his shit. Mm-hmm. Like the dwarves, as far as I recall, I don't remember the dwarves doing anything. I remember Gandalf being smart. Uh, they ride in barrels. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'd rather see somebody pull out some fucking sting blade and stab yeah, some yeah. fucking yep. shit, man. Yeah. Started. Or Gandalf tricking trolls into staying up all night until they turn into stone. Mm. Uh, anyway, we're back. Hey, everybody. Well, I was just talking about The Hobbit, which I haven't even seen yet, but this is my these are my <laughs> prejudiced feelings on The Hobbit already. We were wondering. I was wondering what people... I want to see the 48 frames a second version. But I don't mm-hmm. want to see it the first time. I, I don't... Well, that's what I said. It, it would mean more to me if the reviews weren't reiterating my fears <laughs> uh-huh. that this movie is over overwrought. Yeah. And in, in this is my... I haven't read this. And in my opinion, if this wasn't a pre-established universe with characters you already recognize and Peter Jackson directing, these movies would be terrible <laughs> because... It would have been cool to see Guillermo del Toro's Hobbit. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that it would have been... been such an interesting, different take on it i'm excited to go back but i'm i just i'm more excited for the tech and the only time i most recently experienced it we were watching uh dragon ball at shitlords oh yeah and mike got a new tv and hadn't turned off his his hertz refresh rate right that draws in extra frames and it was like fucking like a terrible dvd rip stolen from BitTorrent <laughs> with added frames of a terrible yeah. aaron paul looking goku in well in those, uh, i just take those added frames in general just it's yeah. not right. Your eyes don't like it. Like but that's it. what the whole movie looks like. Yeah. Oof. And then and the uh, the bigger criticism being that like it's not that everything moves like a PAL v, uh, BBC show. It's <laughs> it's more that like it does show up the details that a lack of frames hides. Yeah. Such as I heard several complaints about uh, the feet. Yeah. Or the feet when you can that are actually shoes. It just looks like. Looks like a, a bunch of prosthetics wrapped around somebody's foot. <laughs> yeah, that's I. That's how I feel like I'll when I look at all the like heavily prosthetic covered uh, dwarves too. Like all of them have these giant noses they mm-hmm. don't normally have, and the extra fat faces. I'm like, come on, it's too clear. I there was uh, no, I mentioned that somewhere, but it was somebody was talking about the joke about it in Tropic Thunder, how <laughs> HD D, HD DVD Blu-ray, how porn always decides the format wars, uh-huh. and uh, people were expecting, well, whichever one porn decides on, that will be the one everybody uses, because that has happened in the past, Yeah, HD DVD or Blu-ray. It turns out porn had very little interest in high definition, yeah. because it ruins the magic. <laughs> it does. Though it doesn't for... I was worried HD oh, was going to ruin has an pro. hair in between her asshole and... Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> she didn't. I can see where they didn't shave <laughs> yep. correctly. Yep. So I can see the, on that lens. And I can see the shave bumps on there <laughs> from their recent shave. Yeah, I, can I see don't. What steroids did to China? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of comic book related. Yeah, steroids destroyed the country of China. And that's, she? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, boy, it almost she sounded hurt. like I said something really awful there. Yeah. She Hulk herself. God. Yuck. <laughs> But though I do think with wrestling, like HD is cool. Like yeah. I think I didn't think I'd like HD wrestling. That you can tell when people call moves a lot easier. Mm. But uh, but I like being able to see like all the nipple hairs on someone <laughs> like, in pro wrestling. But anyway, same with China. Spe- yes. <laughs> back to comics. All right, back Bull. to comics. But we were talking about movies, so why don't we talk about what a crazy year for comic book movies twenty twelve was like? Yeah. It was the nuttiest. It was like, undeniable. Like, mm. Just the big two alone. Yeah, the big Jesus. two. So 
Yeah, this is how I correct me if I'm wrong, but here's what I think of this year. Mm. I think it was we had the end of an era with the Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. and the Avengers started a new era of mm-hmm. comic book movies. The Dark Knight Rises was the end of the overly serious, not well, not even overly serious, but serious. Not judging by the Man of Steel, really. more more raw. Well, maybe not, but but Avengers was you know the the, the Dark Knight trilogy took serious superhero, mm-hmm. dark superhero films as far as they could go quality wise, like mm-hmm. which is amazing. But then Avengers like, no, this is fucking fun. Here's a colorful green guy who smashes shit. Yeah. He's not going to cry about it. Here's Captain America. He throws yeah. his fucking shield. Yeah, this is fun. Laugh. Laugh. Mm. <laughs> and like in a whole movie, they don't call attention to like, wait, what are the properties of a shield? Like, yeah. The stakes, but the stakes are still serious. Yeah. And like death matters and this guy taking over the world and them destroying New York City, in that the, in matters. The, in the daylight, which is yeah. so rare in a superhero mm. movie to take yeah. things on the daylight. And it was also about the characters being themselves. Yeah. Like, and like when Cap and Iron Man argue, it felt like these two characters were really arguing. It was mm. a, like a battle of the minds. And I, is, it, is it officially the highest grossing movie not adjusting for inflation uh, ever? No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's beaten av- Avatar. No? Avatar. Mm. I don't think so. But uh, it got close. It got close. I just don't think it was a big a hit in uh, a couple foreign yeah, countries. You know what like Avatar was in every foreign You country. know what is the highest grossing film adjusting for inflation? Ever? Gone with the Wind. It is Gone with the Wind. Because every person in America watched it. The George Lucas interview where he's like, no, they always use box office quotes and like a movie's twice as expensive as it was 10 years ago. But like, just look mm. at tickets. Yeah. Gone with the Wind sold more tickets. Mm. Than anything else, and it's a, episode four is not that far behind. No, it's not. It's not. And but well, it was also re-released eight times. But I also think, oh man, this is neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I, I was, yeah, you know, I was watching stuff like ET and, why, and even in the nineties when like every movie was kind of like every movie was a big deal to me, even movies mm-hmm. that weren't all that great. Um, that movies were meant to stay in the theaters a lot longer, and now it's mm-hmm. just that's where they get introduced. That's the yeah. premium price you pay, and the ticket price is just. No one gives a shit anymore. Yeah. Well, I also What's think the fastest you can get a movie I into the theater also, and then on DVD and then on yeah. TNT six times a day. <laughs> I also think back then, like there weren't, there were definitely movies coming out all the time, but sure. there were A pictures and B pictures. But now everything just is out at the same time. And they, like it's like three but movies I, a week every week. I try and think of the important movies of every year, and it seems like we have fewer and fewer to even speak about yeah. every year. Like we even have. Spider Man came out this year. Like, no, that was cares. The, uh, yeah. like no one. Ca- I don't care. You know, it's not that you don't. I thought it was a bad film. It just wasn't particularly special. It was yeah. a film on a on a schedule on a it factory was totally assembly line. Good. It was totally presentable, acceptable film, but it wasn't. It wasn't exceptional. Yeah. which I would say the first it was one. Not the first one definitely was yeah, at the time. I still think two is amazing. Yeah, like Brett's, Brett's been on here bitching about it, but I do. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like when they made Batman, like. They made mm-hmm. Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Warner was definitely going to make a Batman film. They mm-hmm. were going to make another one. It just had to have a director. Mm-hmm. But Christopher Nolan went to it because he had something to do with the character. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted something to do. Like, did Mark Webb really have like in his <laughs> mind? Well, I've always wanted to do Spider Man. Know exactly what to do. I feel like at least Sam Raimi was like, I love Spider Man. Here's my vision of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that involved a bright, shiny New York City mm-hmm. and colorful characters and crazy shit. And, and Bruce Campbell, every other corner of the 
but yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I still yeah. give give it enough credit to where like it maintained the essence of what a comic book is and told mm-hmm. an origin story in an action Hollywood tale so well that every other movie ripped off whatever formula is present in Spider-Man 1 and 2 yeah. and every movie became derivative of that therefore lessened the original mm-hmm. being Spider-Man 1 and 2 and then Batman Begins I felt also at least like Casino Royale is Batman Begins yes though I also mm-hmm. felt that Skyfall is the Dark Knight like, mm. have you guys seen Skyfall yet? I've not I've if alright if you saw we could have a conversation an Austin Powers <laughs> film? yep Austin Powers in <laughs> Skyfall Skyfall, Skyfall yeah, is oh, Skyfall yeah. is amazing like it's the best, better than Casino Royale. Yep. Best, best Bond ever. Uh, oh, also, though, yeah. Back to the movies, like the, the Dark Knight Rises. So the Blu-ray came out, and I have watched it, but it's not. It does remind me that like it's not as good as the Dark Knight. Like nowhere, you like I could watch. It, whenever I flip on the TV, if the Dark Knight is on, I can watch. I'll just watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like I can watch it a million times. I think. I'll never forget last year my dad was talking to me about Inception he liked Inception like oh yeah it's just Nolan you know he's a Dark Knight the Dark Knight movie he's like nah never saw this like what I mean I guess I wasn't here to shepherd you through that let's watch the Dark Knight and my dad watching the Dark Knight as someone no comic knowledge Uh and just wakes from that like that was excellent yeah that was really good and well it was also good because I think one of the best things about it you compare it to it's not an origin film, no. and unlike Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3 or The Dark Knight Rises, the superhero isn't forced to take a break in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's Batman the whole fucking time. Yeah, that's, that's, I think definitely all superhero movies get a boon from the second one because every, I feel like everybody walking in that theater has an idea who that character is, and we yeah. don't always need to see... Spider-Man, I'm talking to you. We don't need to see an overwrought and elongated yeah. origin story. And the second one is just like kickoff. Your hero's here. Let's just Your have him be here. a hero. And that's it's that a, was the worst part about Spider-Man too. Is that halfway through for 45 minutes of the movie, he has erectile dysfunction. He's like, I can't be Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm afraid. Like, and and it's a good it's a good crisis of conscience for him. Mm-hmm. I think. And I've always said that. It sucks to be Peter Parker, and mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 is the movie that did the best showing of. It's awful to be Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. But it takes so fucking long for him to be Spider-Man again. Mm-hmm. And it's even and the, that problem is even worse in Dark Knight Rises, yeah. because first he starts off like he's been retired and a recluse for eight years, which is depressing to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's such a downer. And then he becomes Batman again, does some cool Batman shit for 20 minutes, and then gets his back broken, and then he's you got to wait for his second comeback in the movie. Two comebacks. Yeah, come on, K. Foss already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie may uh, have the least amount of the superhero being the superhero. I know when he is Batman, cool stuff happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like when he's Batman. I thought his fight with Bane was really cool. Both fights, more so the first one, but both fights were cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Eventually, like this was a this was a negative review of it I've read too is that once Batman and Bane finally face each other after all this stuff and they're like on the in the daylight on the steps of the Gotham bank they start punching each other punch <laughs> punch punch like that's it and like it just doesn't feel big enough you know but, but they're just two dudes they're all they're gonna do is punch each other bridging the Hobbit and all like a Harry Potter uh, Deathly Hollows 2 
first one I think is a nightmare. <laughs> boring as shit. Uh-huh. And then the second one is well, like they kill Dobby, who you haven't seen in a movie <laughs> for for five movies. And it, I, I do I love that book. I love that yeah. story. Oh, and yeah. the second the second movie is just like here we go. Here we go. Like, like, we're not going to introduce you anything. All of a sudden, everybody's, everybody you've ever seen in these all seven movies is going to face off with a wand, and it's like this one big long ending. And Avengers yeah. had that benefit where, like, all the origin stories were told already, mm-hmm. including the story of the Avengers. Well, Joss Whedon didn't need. In other directors, might have said, "Well, but I want people in my movie to know what would happen." Like, no, Joss Whedon knows you can speed this up. Yeah. Just have some secret agents say, "Yeah," and then we found him nice. All right, let's get yeah. to work. You know, I've said this a billion times, but I, hey, well, one, I don't like people who don't like Firefly. Yes. My buddy Shane Patterson, who you may remember from ancient episodes of Talk Radar, is not a fan of Firefly, but he gave it to Serenity that Joss Whedon, Serenity, Joss Whedon directed Avengers, uh, that the first 10 minutes introduce you to every nuance of those characters and where they've been, who they are, and where they're going mm-hmm. and in such a fast, fast period. Yeah. And that's, in that respect, some of the. Watching the Avengers, some of it's a little. Oh man, we are. Just put them in the same room already. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had to. They. It was cool to see them get brought together, though. I liked it. Like you got to have little character moments to just remind you: here's who Tony Stark is. This is what he does. Here's the Hulk. Everybody's afraid of him. And it was just so cool. Like it made the Hulk awesome. Like it's so sad that the way the the way the wheels work in film mm. that Hulk who was the breakout star of Avengers now won't get to star in his own movie to like 2016 They're maybe working on it. well this is our year in recap but I did like Disney bought them and then like yeah, yeah Disney bought Marvel and then the Avengers movie came out and like yeah Iron Man big star Captain America big star Hulk is moving 40% of our merchandise right now. Kids <laughs> kids love the fucking Hulk. So they yeah. they I I remember reading an article like we got to fa- like this has to happen before Avengers 2. We need another yeah. Hulk vehicle in motion right now. And I know he has his own cartoon coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they made they finally made the Hulk not a as some people described him not a rape victim anymore. <laughs> like it wasn't just about they really were the two Hulk films. Eventually just showed, like, he hulks out, and then he wakes up, and he's like, God, I wish I wasn't the Hulk. It just sucks. (laughs) I'm so sad. What a curse. And then, like, in this one, that's how he starts, and Mark Ruffalo, like, they take his depression as far as it can go, or even says, I tried to kill myself. Like, that's how dark of a place the Hulk brought him to. Mm -hmm. And then Iron Man, like, Tony Stark's there to be like, no, you're just tiptoeing around. You need to strut. Just be, be awesome. And enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to be sad about this shit? You're you're cool. You're cool. You're be cool. <laughs> That's what I like. I will say there is if oh, never I would love to post this on uh, or lasertimepodcast.com if I found it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a eight bit remake of the Avengers trailer that I caught on to way too late, and just uh-huh. that scene where Mega Man is Tony Stark <laughs> with his arm jets and is falling down and. Falling down in front of a skyscraper and then just <laughs> fucking original Donkey Kong runs in <laughs> oh, and slides down the building. And grabs uh, that's Mega cool. Man and like that. Oh, watch it every. I watch it every week now just because of all this Mega Man hype. Because it gets, makes me so happy. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, why did I bring so, that up? So yeah, this is quite a year for like now we're in the new age of Marvel movies. While DC movies are kind of in a strange place. Like now that there's not a Nolan film to look forward to anymore. There's 
There's threats of a Justice League. It's still. That's, and that's what's so troubling is that they put a release date on it and they have no director or stars lined up. Yeah. And guys, that's hope, not how you do something like that. I would this. hope Christopher Nolan is just at least hanging around like in the meetings like, guys, let's really figure this out. Somebody <laughs> out there must I want to direct this. don't want him there at all. I'm not... I uh, did like the Man of Steel trailer. But, no, but, yeah. but I don't think like the Batman he created, seeing... Just imagine Christian Bale on the moon yeah. talking to Justice League. Like, like I don't. I know that's not going to happen. No, no, I know. But I don't want the guy who made that Batman in the no. room to talk about Justice. League. The Justice League needs a clear cut from at least Nolan's Batman, if not the Man of Steel. Maybe mm-hmm. the Man of Steel could work in it. But they like DC is also just they've had such a confused universe. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel made a concerted effort, starting with it, Iron Man, to be like, "This is our universe. Mm-hmm. Here we are." Like, and yeah. well, meanwhile, you know, you have Green, is Green, Green Lantern. Lantern is Green Lantern in the same mm-hmm. universe as Man of Steel? We I don't know. Watch the, again. I still get shit like that. We're totally wrong for not hating that movie. <sighs> Maybe we should watch it again. I bet it has bad. Thi- it I, has yes. bad yeah. moments, but you know, whatever. I thought it was. There are way worse superhero movies. There are way worse super. And Green Lantern is a tricky one. Space yes. cops with the power of. <laughs> uh, Anything. Green magic, like yeah. that, could have gone a lot worse. But they did; they made it very true to mm-hmm. the character too. That's mm-hmm. also people. People were so mad about it. Comic fans were so mad about it for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like the, it critics, was unfair. Critics were not kind, just because no. I don't think they've read a DC comic. In no, that, well, I think they were also just ready to be mad at bloated Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like here's an incredibly expensive movie, like famously expensive, more than two hundred million dollars. It's getting advertised to all to hell, and it's full of CG people talking to Ryan Reynolds. Like it looks <laughs> like bullshit, so they call bullshit on it. Like that's how I felt. Is that, that's not the final role of Michael Clark Duncan. We lost the Kingpin and oh, um, oh what's his dear. character in Green Lantern? Yeah, we missed him. Uh, he was Kilowog, Kilowog. the voice <laughs> of Kilowog. Uh, speaking of people we lost, well, now I wish he hadn't brought up the dead because I can only think of. One other death this year, and that was Joe Kubert, who was a very good artist for uh, the. Jeez, he got started when he was like 13 in the 40s and drew uh, like mostly war comics, but he like drew every superhero pretty much. He was uh, he was very important. Okay, also on the multimedia side of things, don't talk about games that much here, but the Walking Dead game, yeah. wow, yeah. wow, wow, <laughs> and the Walking Dead issue 100 hit mm. this year. I think yeah, better here. The highest selling single issue comic of all time. Because mm-hmm. there were 15 pa- issues. There were 15 variants, yes. yes. But it was pretty impressive. Like, mm-hmm. Issue 100 was great. It owned Comic Con. Even the lead up to, to 100 yeah. was pretty crazy. And since, like, mm-hmm. the last few issues have been pretty, especially 105. Uh, like, I thought yeah. that this new storyline was just going to be eh. Like yeah. we're uh, just we're just burning time until the next milestone. It's kind of irritating. I really want to see where this is going. Yeah, and yeah it sucks to have to wait a month for another. Yeah. You, I just inhale those twenty pages. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the Walking Dead game by Telltale that was it's basically on every system. But yeah. it's um, yeah, it, it's on iPad too. And yeah. I'm wonder- yeah, iPad as well. I'm sort of yeah. curious whether I can I can grab this while I travel I think you'd rather. I think you'd rather play with controller. I won't have the option until January third. Hmm. Well, all right then. But no, but I'm. Yeah, you can play you, it you on know? like your laptop PC. Get Steam achievements. Oh, yeah, do that. Niggity snap! I yeah. do. Ha- I have it on Steam. And I, that's where I played the first. One. No, it's it, it was a great like it. It totally got the vibe of the mm-hmm. comics. The 
the feel of the characters, like in the art. I think it also is made to look like Charlie Adler's too. I think it also revolutionized something else in games. Mm-hmm. I don't story. Well, so, how important story and characters are, and how yeah. how that it's it's generally been treated that the story is the thing you add to explain why the characters on a spaceship and then in a forest and why they would move to one stage to another. I'm stage. shooting guys yeah. in uh, on the ocean floor, and now mm-hmm. I'm in like I don't know, like how how well that. How lo-fi that is. I imagine how little those costs should be sending a giant message yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the game. And they made and like te- it's Telltale's easily best-selling thing they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they created compelling experiences, I think, solely based around story. Where most games get kick-started over like, the idea of a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And there's a, yeah, there's a mechanic there for sure, but like... Well, it's just so tense, like the... The choices yeah. you have to make, and you have no time to make them. You have to do them immediately, and like and failure some, to make a choice is an, is a choice, inadvertently a choice. And horrible shit happens mm-hmm. to people. Like, and you're just like left staring at your TV, like, oh my god, what, what, <laughs> why'd you do that? Yeah. No, and it's also they don't play how other games with choices have played before. Of like. They make it very clear. Pick this one and you'll get this present. Pick this one and you'll get this present. Yeah. It's like, it's a, a lot of unintended consequences come out. Yeah. Which I really like. And, you know, when you finish it, maybe you see the walls, the invisible mm-hmm. walls the, of, of choice that you didn't at the time. But uh, it's just such a great experience. I can't wait for, for season two. Yeah, such a 180 from Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah. Which. It's probably their one of their one of Telltale's worst games. It was, was, really it was like a theme park ride, like most uh. of their games. So their next, yeah. So the next thing Telltale is doing, I think, is Fables. They're yep. doing the game based on the comic Fables, the Vertigo book. Uh, and then there's also, <laughs> well, meanwhile, the the Walking Dead game, at least in its description, the Walking Dead game you expected the game industry to make is coming out next year, which is the shooter starring the racist brothers yep. from the TV show. Being who, made by Activision. Yep. Or the Activision. anti-Telltale. Yep, the anti-Telltale who so they're just like, yeah, I hear that TV show's popular. I right, pay him some money, we'll make a game. Shooter? Yeah. I haven't been keeping up. That's uh, how it looks <laughs> on the outside. I've only seen the first few episodes of the third season of Walking Dead, but I heard uh-huh. even that, like, Turn to page. So to speak. Oh so, no! Yeah, yeah, definitely the third. See, speaking of comic book media, the the I watched the first episode and it was uh, markedly better than season two. Mm. I haven't been. I still haven't been hooked into season three as much, mostly because we're getting into the governor stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've been here before. I know yeah. what's going on. But, but they, they did speed it up. Yes, yeah. which was the 100 percent the problem with season two. They slowed everything down because mm. money. Bleh. Just spend the fucking money, AMC. It's your mm. biggest selling show. Like it's making you millions. Just give a little more money. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, also, speaking of grown-up comic books, Madman Comics. <laughs> yeah. No, I just wanted to touch on some of my favorite mature books of this year too. So first off, there was uh, the series Scalped that ended. Mm-hmm. The last volume was great, like crazy amazing, mm-hmm. really good. Then there was the uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 2009 mm-hmm. story, which involved the apocalypse as well. The apocalypse caused by Harry Potter. <laughs> it was um, it was a really good book. I it did uh, once again showed me like no Almore still hasn't hasn't lost all his marbles. Like mm-hmm. he's a good storyteller still. And uh, then lastly, this one wasn't so well. I mean, this was to be purchased by grownups, but it was. Sp- 
supposedly a children's book. But the um, the Carl Barks collections that have been oh, put yeah. out this year by yes. Fantagraphics, like Beautiful. so good. Beautiful. The they recollected Carl Barks, also known as the Good Duck Artist, mm-hmm. did Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge, Uncle Scrooge comics <laughs> of the of the fifties and sixties, I guess. Yeah. And he, they were like these um, these great all ages adventures that inspired Indiana Jones and a million other things, like. Your favorite episodes of DuckTales? Mm-hmm. Probably based on a Carl Barks comic. A little bit. And so these, you know, reprint them in their original coloring. Like, they look like they were on the on the newsprint page. It's got a ton of historical background and appendices. Like, they're, they're just beautiful. Yeah, they're not, they're not afraid. I have to give... Disney credit for letting these still be published. Like yeah, they're not afraid. Under their umbrella. <laughs> what I was uh, not under their their publishing wing. Or I Marvel. guess so. Yeah. I was reading something about like a uh, Disney blah blah blah. You probably read that in any business class. The sole reason people re- renew copyrights Willie. keep getting renewed are Dis- are Mickey's copyrights. Uh, Disney did not renew their comic book Mickey Mouse copyrights. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anybody can publish Mickey Mouse comics? I think or, that's where... Or they republish the old ones? That, I think that's technically where they are. It's just you might have to deal with Disney if you try. And I think... You may be sued by Disney yes, if you try to do and this. And you will lose. And, yeah. and I, I think somebody, that Disney somebody might had embarked you. on that and uh, sort of backed off. Well, there's been some good... There were some uh, Mickey Mouse... Uh, comic collections this year that were pretty good. Yeah, like, if you, old, if you try and publish book. even public domain Mickey stuff mm-hmm. without Disney's approval, permission, and guidance, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. Wow. And I think I think it's still technically possible, and you can probably find them out. out yeah, they're on free. Amazon. They're there. If you're looking for a good Christmas book, they just collected like the the most recent Carl Barks Donald collection has like mm-hmm. two Christmas stories in them. One like that's Christmas in Poor Town or something like that. It's not. <laughs> Exactly that, but pretty much that. Oh, and lastly, there was the uh, my favorite old collection of stuff this year. My favorite old collection of stuff this year is the Untold Tales of Spider-Man collection. Mm-hmm. That was such was my favorite comic in the mid '90s, telling these classic style Marvel storylines of Spider-Man, like set in the '60s era stuff. It was just so much fun, and I never thought every issue would be recollected and. They finally did it, and I just, in general, like these big collections that they're like, these are only for collectors, mm-hmm. older people like me who will just go, yeah, I'll spend $60 on a hardcover for this, I want it. Like, mm-hmm. children don't want it, but older idiots like me do. I, I, I just, glad that Marvel in general has been doing that, like with their older 90s stuff too, just all these mega collections that kids don't want to read, but, but the collectors will pay money for. Okay, so... You guys, what has been your favorite comic book of the year or comic book memory or whatever? Um, well, Walking Dead 100, obviously, mm-hmm. saw something terrible happen to a very endeared character. Mm-hmm. And it was, in, yes, where I was reading that, it's like, you're going to interview Robert Kirkman for and Charlie Adler for a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, here's issue 100. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, now go talk hurt. to the guys and... Yeah, it was such a surreal, weird experience. Um, I I think walk, I've always said that that Walking Dead, the comic, is the greatest thing happening right now <laughs> of games, mm. movies, books. Walking Dead is fantastic, mm. uh, and it's not. It's clearly it's apparently not letting up. 
And, oh, yeah. and you had the walking deadiest Comic Con ever. Yes, <laughs> yes. You had quite a. It was a nice send off to mm, to me to your time mm. with uh, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was from the outside. I don't know how you were feeling at the time, but from um, from my standpoint, it was fun. Yeah. And remember when we got to see all those celebrities like Seth mm. Green and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brecken Meyer. <laughs> uh, probably, probably what the, the th- my most thrilling moment was just uh, uh, Lance, Lance Lance Reddick okay. having a ha- happy conversation with Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead, at the party. Lance uh, Reddick is a uh, fringe. You may remember him as brief lo- role on Lost. Yeah, are they still alive? The <laughs> most intense black man on the wire. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant oh Daniels. yeah, he's awesome. He's amazing. I love that dude. And like, I stood behind him in line for drinks. He's smiling and talking to the guy that made the greatest thing ever. Like I got, <laughs> like, it was like the only time. Like I gotta know what they're talking about. And it's probably like some sporting event or something awful. It was funny being on the red carpet and after black reading carpet, sir. the black carpet. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was funny being on the black carpet and then seeing. Um, the, char- the the actor who portrays the character who issue 100 happens to yeah and then just seeing this person and be like wow i i well, how has comic con been for you like have people uh, just been coming up to you yeah. all show and like it's over, i'm right? so sorry <laughs> like and the, and the and the person i'm trying to be gender neutral yeah. here mm. the person would just probably react like what are you talking about i huh what <laughs> i remember i was I'm there fine. and he's like yeah, I, I I read it. I know, and still got a lot of time left on the, uh, on the and, show. And the show does play, you know. Oh, it they, plays they, they, crazy fast. Yeah, English, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, with he could show. die at any time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? No, that, just, that's all. Could be earlier. Could be way later. Yeah. Could be not at all. They could kill Rick. Who knows? Yeah. They, could just, they could just do it. Interesting. Yeah. And love actually sequel requires him to get off the set of Atlanta and <laughs> right back there. He was in that, right? I think he was. He was. Andrew I'll Lincoln. just make Clementine the star of everything. Uh, Dave? Uh, well, I hate to be like the game industry and also <laughs> award Walking Dead, but uh-huh. it, yeah, it was a very Walking Dead year for me. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. playing through the series, talking with it every day, you know, with... with uh, Every new episode, just talking over your decisions and stuff. Yes, right? yes, and then uh, at you know at the same time as you know when the game came out, I started decided to go through the second omnibus or the second compendium. Right. So yeah, got like fifty issues in a row there, and then just started keeping up on iPad and uh, yeah, and, and like I said before, the whole run up to one hundred is amazing. Like one one hundred is crazy, and it has that one, but then there's a few before, and yeah. then. Just the new status quo that 100 sets. The, yeah. the trade is out now, right? Yeah. 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 You can buy it through hey! Amazon.com on LaserTimePodcast.com. And with that plug, I think we'll close out the year. Wait, what's yours? Huh? Your I, comic I said Untold oh. Tales of Spider-Man. Well, uh, just in general, Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. It's lame to say, but I, I think Dan Slott has done a really great job this year. Like, He really surprised me. With his amazing Spider-Man story, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with Superior Spider-Man. But it feels like for me, Deadpool is sort of the same way. Deadpool was yeah. doing great under uh, Daniel Way, and is funny. is is definitely still funny under Posehn and his partner. Mm-hmm. Am I forget Greg Duggan. Greg Duggan, and um, and he's got an entire game to himself coming out next year. Yeah. Which yeah, oh man, I can't about. wait for that. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, also I read. Yeah, Fatal is my second favorite book of the year. Definitely read Fatal, guys. Uh, all right, well, 
you know what? We're going to put it up in the forums. Tell us what your favorite comic book of the year was. Mm -hmm. We might just read it in the first new episode of 2013, Mm -hmm. if 2013 exists. (laughs) And if it does, we will see you there next time on Cape Cape Prices.